we don't have the heat on, we'll be better. Well, if no, the the heater is loud, so it's not that loud for the listeners, Ted. I think it should be loud so they can realize how cold it is. Well, we described it yesterday as uh, the energy in the room. I started. I might have started a little early actually, because usually what I do is I um I get all set up and then I untangle all the cords. But I'm yeah. messing with all the stupid cords here right now. No, no, no. I, I try to catch you off guard. To, we didn't have to. Yeah, you yesterday you just jumped right into it. You said three, and then you said, "And here we go." But I, I mean, I didn't even do that today. No, you didn't. Oh, are we started? Yeah, we're already going. Oh my gosh! I got you. I got you. Don't worry, Ted. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick my feet up here actually, real quick. That's fine. Um, and we've got the match going on right now. Of, I want to say probably the most intriguing match of the day because it was five sets, which was, is generally how that goes. Was it the only five set match of the day? It might have been. Um, if you guys did not see, I, are we going to go right into this? I, I think we kind of have to go right into this. Right? What are we talking about? The crowd of beard models in the audience, Benoit's squad. <laughs> I have never seen anything like it. Um, so as if you guys didn't know, the big match of the day was Dominic team, the seventh seed versus Benoit pair. Um, the reason it was big is because it actually went five sets and team, as we've said before, is pretty consistent at the slams. And this he was is. the battle of the two alphas of the day. As I described, I was telling Tad before, uh, because, you know, we sit down here and discuss a little bit before we start recording. Uh, this is my alpha of the day is Dominic because they went out there and just decided to hit as hard as they could with less margin and go for as many winners as possible is just it, to see who has who is the biggest alpha. Is it still margin if you're hitting it on the line every shot? Definitely not margin. No, it's not margin anymore. That's within the realm of not margin. That's, That's just, just like you're hitting it like basically out and you're lucky. No. That but, uh, is, once you so the way pro tennis works now, I haven't played any pro tennis, but I'm assuming this is how it works from what I'm watching is you play smart, you play with margin, because there is this myth, which I have, I will always talk about this on the podcast, because it is a myth that is perpetuated through all of junior tennis, and every lesson that I have seen, and that is that every pro, pro player just hits the ball deep. That is, a, that is a myth. Now, if you watch... Tennis for a little bit at the highest level, they play super high percentage. Almost every single ball lands within some sort of range, uh, every rally ball, some sort of range within the service line. We talked about this before yep. uh, mm -hmm. with Rafa. Rafa, when he practices, he sets up all these cones mm -hmm. and he hits, he tries to hit between the cones and yeah. the, the, the lines, the sidelines. So he's obviously hitting for an area, but it's, you know, an area that's like, probably three three and a half feet yeah it is giving himself what i think happens and this is how i describe it to people is that they have their understanding of tennis or their training of tennis even if you're a practiced tennis player right if you're, yeah. you're, if you're a casual player you're, you're pretty casual you enjoy playing you play several times a week yeah what i think people do is they just go oh pros must hit closer to the lines because that's a better shot and i can't do that yeah or you know what or, i mean they just extend extend their knowledge not if if anything, like an amateur player isn't hitting consistently yeah. deep shots. I like I can hit to the lines, but it, probably fifty percent of the time it's out or not, if not more, if not seventy percent of the time. Yeah. So it's it's basically just about having the spin and control. If you can hit a hit hard and actually hit with margin, that's why not do that? 
You it absolutely should do that. And the way to do that is by spin, because then you yeah. can swing as fast as possible. That's what Rafa does. That's what Novak does. But that is boring. That is absolutely boring. I, I'm so sorry to start off the podcast on a boring note and it, go into the technical stuff. That's not what you come here for. No, 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 no. It's boring to to hit with to hit with mar to hit with margin. No, you don't is, want to hit with margin. No. I they showed up if and they can, said, We're gonna throw all that out the door. If you could have the most exciting tennis match ever. It would probably just be two guys like these two trying to hit winners on each other as much as they possibly can. But that's not what we had. In fact, the match wasn't that exciting because of uh, the error count. <laughs> the uh, error count might have been over 100 combined combined, both yeah. players. Well, well over 100. <laughs> well, well, well uh, Benoit almost did it by himself. Yeah. <laughs> he was more than halfway there. Uh, he was 70% of the way there, actually. Um but and that is the cost of exciting play. That is the cost of exciting play and being trying to be the most alpha yeah. that you could possibly be. And who won in the end? Who of won course, it? Dominic. Everybody knew he was going to win. Yeah. You exactly. can't, no one can play like he plays except like Rafa. Mm-hmm. And I, we are watching this right now. And this is only the second game. And they are hitting significantly deeper i feel like and go and dominic just hit a winner yeah there is some significant pace put on these shots and i don't know dominic is one of those players that you've talked about it before he puts everything in every shot i kind of think what happened with benoit is he went all right yeah he hits hard let me i'm gonna do that yeah i'll do that yeah i i also think that benoit's attitude in the first two sets was if his very uh, popped collars in any indication yeah that he was going out there and he was like i'm gonna make this guy feel bad when he plays against me not just <laughs> look bad um so benoit and i think that dominic is someone who 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 if his personality and his constant need to uh have fans and be nice yeah is any indication he definitely cares what the player he's playing against him thinks mm-hmm. and when benoit like throws the racket and storms around the court it makes dominic upset play worse yeah so he 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 wasn't playing which is like no excuse or like i'm not saying dominic's a great champion or an incredibly empathetic person or anything like that yeah. although he's both but <laughs> <laughs> although he is already both but um he uh he he was obviously in in the third set perturbed by Benoit's outbursts. attitude outbursts probably I, by the beard. I don't I don't think it was Benoit. You're getting into it right now. I can already tell. Yeah. it was definitely not Benoit himself. It was the fact that Benoit had brought himself and he had brought five other Benoits to sit in his yeah, box. Yeah, exactly. He didn't know which one he was playing. No, and there was and then on top of it, there was a guy in the audience who was a big fan of Benoit, and he kept on trying to start these Benoit cheers. They were like. <laughs> Benoit stands in the fans let's clap or something really stupid like that and Benoit hated it Benoit yeah. shouted at him and asked the umpire to make him shut mm-hmm. up and prior to that the only person Benoit had asked to shut up was the umpire <laughs> <laughs> so you must have been doing something really wrong because if you're going first and he's already telling the umpire to shut up yeah exactly because it's that's usually what I feel like happens is the the players are getting irritated and they kind of do this motion towards the the stands it's more passive aggressive like just shut up please yeah please why are you doing that and then but no he went directly and said he he told the umpire to shut up no there there the next level is just to start telling the fans exactly he 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 was he was not having it and but benoit started to play a lot better after he got into the match it's because it's the haters I, i think that's what he wants he wants people to be like oh this guy yeah 
and after like ha- most of the audience left there was like like the audience is kind of full right now for a 12 a.m mm-hmm. 12 yeah 12 a.m match in melbourne everybody has a bedtime there obviously so by 2 a.m there were like most of the people had filtered out mm-hmm. and benoit was just the late night matches are kind of interesting to watch because players seem a little bit less they're, they're more on hinge they just kind of do whatever they want to do yeah the the late night matches and that's something that we saw with curios too at the u.s open he fell asleep yeah or he, he, oh. <laughs> he, he supposedly fell asleep i'm well, definitely didn't fall asleep but benoit <laughs> has obviously people are people there are we were talking before. He's he's the French Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, he's he's got the same kind. Of, like he he fell asleep or he pretended to fall asleep mm-hmm. in his match in Auckland against uh, Cam Norrie. Cam Norrie beat him, mm-hmm. good, which is good. But he he did this, <laughs> the same thing happened in that where as soon as he his attitude dipped and like his involvement kind of tapered off, he sort of made Cam play worse. Yeah, and, and you could and Cam is. A young player who mm-hmm. played college tennis, pastor yeah. dad kind of guy. Yeah, um, just he's, too nice of a guy, right? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's not like he doesn't have that killer instinct that maybe yeah. Dominic has when he's play, when Dominic's playing against someone who's actually involved, like yeah. Rafa. Like if, but, but he just turns into a big softy when uh, when he's playing against someone who who just seems like they don't care. He mm-hmm. he kind of feel. I think he probably feels like they're like it disrespects the whole thing. Yeah, it's and. Again, I haven't played at that level, but it, it kind of is an odd moment of of they're not really apparently trying, right? Yeah. And then you just kind of say, well, it can shake you up because you're, oh, I, what do I do? I, I obviously have to keep doing what I'm doing, but it's hard to then focus. Yeah. Because then it's almost, you start thinking, oh, I should really just close this out. Let's get off court. He's already checking out. Exactly, and imagine if you're Dominic and and you you're about to close it out, and you have a couple of set points in the third set, and then Benoit somehow wins the third set, mm-hmm. and, and that actually happens a lot with the players that kind of do those yeah. types of things. Is they have these dips, and they somehow figure out a way to they find a chink in the armor. And yeah, exactly. They just take those moments, and all of a sudden they go, "Oh, he he's starting to falter a little bit but, too." But from watching this match, you can see that Benoit was like is a super talented player. He's yeah, I think that he, he he's kind of so like skilled. like in 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 one way he's like Nick, but Nick is definitely more likable than he is one for mm-hmm. one reason because Nick's young so you can always be like well, he'll get better as he ages. And no beard model. Like a wine. Um <laughs> but I think he's also a little bit like Gael except he's also less likable than Gael because Gael is like it, there's something about Gael that he seems to own it. He's purely he purely that knows that he's that guy and that he will always be that guy. And even if he acts like a little spoiled sometimes and tosses his racket around and stuff like that, you still don't feel like he's bringing down the whole thing. Yeah. You know, because he tries he's not trying these, to wet towel it. You know? Exactly. He try he, he tries these spectacular shots. He's not like Benoit was much better in this match than he was in that match against Cam Norrie where a couple of times he just didn't even bother trying to return the serve mm-hmm. and just walked away. And I just want to note real quick that as no player is safe from our playful banter, Benoit, touch up your tattoos. Oh, the, touch yeah, them up. There's, they're, they're not. They're, what are they? They're, they're geometrical shapes. They're geometrical shapes, but we just got a close up of it, and there is, there's, ta- it's in tatters. There's, there's spaces. It is, if you're a beard model of this degree, right? You better clean up your tattoos. I think that. 
there is some purchase on the margins around what is a model when it comes yeah. to tennis. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. if we you're saw Rafa at the US uh, US Open, yeah, exactly. His underwear. If you're like a superstar tennis player, you can you, you can, can just uh, model. You, you can don't just have model. to model. Yeah, <laughs> Domin- Dominic is Dominic is an Adidas model. Like, but uh, based so off true. the merit of his play more than off of uh, <laughs> his looks or his ears. Yeah. Like, that's no, I just it. That's just cracking me up because it's so true. You can just yeah. be fed. Fed has modeled. Yeah, and now he's not doing any shirtless modeling. No, yet. but he Federer. Like we don't normally go into ranking the handsomeness of players and stuff like that. But Federer is maybe one tier below Rafa if you were to be objective about it. <laughs> um, and that was Rafa with hair. Rafa R- without hair. Rafa, that's a different Rafa, story. Lo- Rafa losing the war. Yeah. Of- uh, male pattern baldness it's it's stretching into the 18th set now mm-hmm. i just um, want to note real quick that tad before we were recording said i'm gonna be really nice to all the players today i am i'm being well, nice, I, I'm being you're nice. Being, oh, this being is nice humor. i'm loving this yeah. i'm loving this <laughs> <laughs> no but I, i'm treating them all fairly you're tre- <laughs> no player is safe no player is safe from any sort of positive ridicule banter <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's a all mixture. positive ridicule ridicule that's positive R- all attention is good attention. Mm-hmm. I just Benoit is a conundrum. He he definitely goes to the beat of his own drum, and he is a funky player, but he's so talented. And it's 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 almost a shame when you see these players because you you want them to really utilize all those skills that they have, right? You do. You mm-hmm. don't want to see in this in this set. I think Benoit hit like fifty drop shots. Yeah, and like he's notorious for hitting a lot of drop shots. And he lobs is. And, but he had like a like a maybe six percent success rate with drop shots at that point. Like that 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 is kind of ridiculous. Why mm-hmm. why bother try, keep on trying the same thing if it's not yeah. working? Mm-hmm. And then by the time it was working, it's too late. And clearly against a player like of Dominic's caliber, well, he can move. He, yeah. he like if he was playing against current Andy, you know, mm-hmm. be, against Andy who like with no hip. With no hip problems, that, he then he might actually chance. get a hundred percent success rate on those drop shots. Yeah. but Andy, Andy, when Andy's hitting shots like that, Andy's super creative and 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 under underrated creativity. I think he has actually really good touch. I think he has pretty good hands too. He's played a lot of Davis Cup doubles with his yeah, brother. Yeah, exactly. He, it's the same thing with Rafa. Yeah. The, and, no, I I didn't mean it in a way to be disparaging of the creativity or the strategizing on on Benoit's part. Just mm-hmm. on like that is whatever analytic sensibility takes into the match when he's thinking about it and he's like oh i'm gonna just play a bunch of drop shots against this guy who's super fast i'm gonna go a step ahead and just say he's too creative maybe too creative he's (laughs) trying to really be the most creative player that he could possibly be when on top of being the most alpha i don't know if you can do both you can't you can't be both no no i've never Um, seen every play drop do 50 drop shots or whatever and then also hit every single winner well (laughs) every win every winner possible but obviously like if you compare the quality of this match with twins of five sets and mm-hmm. there was almost a bagel in the fourth set against yeah. Dominic um, to Which, Dominic's own match against Rafa where there was a bagel, mm-hmm. the the amount, uh, the quality of that match against Rafa shows you what happens when you put a player who's like half committed against a player who's completely committed and yeah. how they're the, the completely committed players level drops. Yeah. Because in that match against against Rafa there were a lot of unforced errors but there were there were like 170 winners between yeah. the two of them there it was, was an incredible a ridiculous match. Ma- ridiculous count 
of um by the me- the main measures of quality of yeah. match which are like error unforced to mm-hmm. to to winners mm-hmm. so like with ben watts it's it, it can be unpredictable but frustrating with rafa and dominic it's unpredictable maybe it's a little bit less predictable but it's not frustrating it's like yeah. an absolute pleasure to watch it's incredible yeah. mm-hmm. and and that's you don't really feel like there's it. this um it, there's almost this sense of when you see a lot of drop shots like that it's almost a, as if it's a cop out you know what i mean just yeah. a sort of let me try and mix it up i i don't know what to do and that's kind of well the drop shots aren't even the errors and yeah and it's not dominic's not excused from that either he hit a lot more errors too but but my whole okay, theory yeah, here is that saying, yeah. that benoit's attitude is what really takes away from the quality yeah, of exactly it leaves a bad taste in your mouth yeah, yeah bad taste in your mouth like like you know there's like a tail to the match and like mm-hmm. it's almost a a, a uh what could have been yeah, because if we saw them, if they were hitting this many winners already, yeah. imagine if there was just a little bit more commitment. Or I, I obviously he's committed; he's training on tour and everything, and he's playing in grand slams. And, yeah, yeah. But the I don't know the focus and commitment to the game plan, or I, I don't know what it is. Again, we don't know what's going on in the camp as we see one of his twins. But no, it, yeah. When you look in the camp, it, it it's kind of the same a, a reflection of his seriousness. <laughs> he doesn't have. He it looks like he picks people who just look like him from like the street, <laughs> like they I don't know who they are. They're probably bartenders. <laughs> yeah. Bartenders he's just met as he yeah, going exactly. out partying. No, but he um he I mean it's fortunate that he didn't win. Yeah, that's, that's basically <laughs> all I have to say. Yeah, it would have been because he probably he probably because... beat the next guy. Alex Popperin is not a proven tried player, and he's yeah. playing he's playing in home territory, but. And there's a lot of those matches right now, like we were saying yesterday, is that when it gets these first couple days, especially the first two rounds, maybe three, you could probably include the third round in there, is you're going to have a lot of players that are just, they're not proven yet. They haven't been consistent yet because this is what we've been seeing in tennis forever is these players, we talked about a bunch yesterday, again, to repeat ourselves, is that these players have been so consistent for so long. They always get deep into the tournaments. There's, uh, it's a shame when you don't, when you don't get that, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, and I mean, there's, the match was just, it was just a bang fest. Let's see who can hit the hardest and who can hit the most winners. They're, they're at like 25 minutes now. Yeah. And it's two games all. Yeah. It, which is an the, indication. The first set was high quality. Yeah. The second set was pretty high quality too. Mm-hmm. The third set was was where you started to see a lot of errors and a lot of unexploited opportunities yeah. by Dominic. Dominic, I think, had a, had a couple of set points. No, he didn't have set points. He had a lot of break points. Yeah. And then Benoit had a bunch of set points, and mm-hmm. it took a while to capitalize on that. And then in the fourth set, it was just pathetic. Dominic didn't do anything, really. He, yeah. just, he just dropped his level so that he could yeah. kind of store up energy. Mm-hmm. Which... I don't really like to see that as much either. I would have liked to seen to have seen Dominic just come in and, and close hit it out bangers and mm-hmm. and and tree like Benoit was, mm-hmm. but he he couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, I think we have this. Was, that was the main match of the day, and we said we were going to keep this pretty short. So yeah, let's yeah, let's, yeah. let's okay. go into the we'll other matches. And because there's not much to go into, there's not a lot of storylines going on. The reason we we had the Andy Murray one, but that is kind of. It is seeming to pass that wave. I I think so, at least. We're, we're I saw something get... about how uh, an article that was like, 
are we forcing Andy Murray to retire with all this commentary and all these premature obituaries for it him? It really does seem like that. And yeah, absolutely. I had the same feeling as that. The, the first thing I actually said to myself when I saw the Nick Kyrgios post, I saw that post and he's talking about, oh, I'm a good friend of Andy's and everything. I was like, he hasn't officially retired yet. Yeah, he exactly. just said this might be my last tournament. Yeah, it was very non-committal, and everyone was already just, or he's gone. Ah, people were begging for drama. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I like and this. It seems like there's not a lot coming into this tournament. Everyone is seems to be in pretty good shape. The people that aren't healthy aren't playing the tournament, and like Juan, but Rafa's here. But and, it's promising for the season yep. to see mm-hmm. everybody at least you know three of the big four in. Good health. Yeah. In very good health. And a bunch of young players uninjured, ready to play. And then also, not that they're people who I'm, you know, known to be totally thrilled with, but like <laughs> Raonic and Sanga yeah. actually playing okay too. That is actually, now that you bring up Sanga, I, I yeah. want to talk about this because we have uh, Novak Cruz, he won three, two, and two. And then Sanga versus Klizan, who actually has beaten him before this early on in tournaments. I believe he beat him at the US Open a couple years back. Mm-hmm. And he's kind he was a giant killer that won uh that one tournament and up until he got to the fourth round, I think. And so it was good for him to get by, but Sanga hasn't been in the scene for a really long time. Yeah. Did he have a kid, I think? No, or he had an injury. An injury? He might he might have a kid. I think I he got know. married too or something. Yeah, I'm not entirely he did get married, sure. married, but he yeah. I know he had, had he had an injury. Mm-hmm. I might be mixing him up with Ferdasco because Ferdasco loves posting how he he's in love yeah. and everything. Ferdasco, ugh, another one. <laughs> I, 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 another I, one. I'm not going to talk about Ferdasco. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this this match is interesting. You were saying earlier, uh, yesterday, that you think that there's the potential for a Novak upset. Yes. Now, every match there comes there is the potential of an upset. Um. This is this is kind of what I see when I'm looking at his draw because he's going to play Tsonga here. If he beats Tsonga, he'll most likely end up playing Denis Shapovalov. You or, can see it right here. Oh yeah, okay. Or yeah. Uh, Dan- Daniel Daniel who yeah. beat him last year. Yeah, but that's if, not going to happen again. I don't think this would happen this year if Daniel got through versus Shapovalov. But I I could see potentially because Tsonga's played him here at the Australian before. There's one of two ways this goes. I could really honestly see if Tsonga has the fire that he's almost probably coming to the end of his career. And if Novak just makes any sort of error, overlooks him, this could probably be that upset match or the Dennis match if he ends up playing him. I could see that too because, again, these young players that are, are like uh, Dennis is young, Tsonga isn't. But if they really have the fire to really compete and go out there and understand that I could really have the potential to make a huge upset here. I I could see it happening in one of these two matches if Novak was to go out early and not make it to week two. Yeah. Um, who 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 else? So Gofan is playing Kopel in the next match too. That's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. Yeah. And are they going to be? Oh my gosh, I don't know how to use this. <laughs> I I think that that I think that actually I kind of want to call that. I think that Kopel's going to win. Yeah, against yeah. Gofan. You, you yeah, said before Gofan. that he doesn't really play well in hot weather also. He doesn't. And and which I was apparent at the US Open. I went up and actually watched him play in person. One of my And then Medvedev will probably beat yeah. Kopel. And then I don't know, Medvedev could be on track for Andy. Mm-hmm. Not sorry, for Novak. Yeah. Which and, would be interesting. That yeah. would be an interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. I think that um 
again, we don't have too many interesting matchups happening right now early on. I mean, we have the Stan Wawrinka match, too, versus Milos Raonic. Uh, one thing I kind of want to say, too, is I, I'm curious that we've been talking about Andy. We've been talking about other top players that have gone injured. Um, I'm curious to see how Stan really comes yeah, back. He, he, no he, one knows. Yeah. Like, he played what? He lost that first set against Golbis. And mm-hmm. Golbis, Golbis is actually in pretty good form. He has been, ever since last year's Wimbledon, I believe, he pulled out with an injury also. Or yeah. he was he got injured somewhere near the end of the match and lost. But I don't know how seriously I take his injries. Yeah. Like, I don't think that they're... they're Career-ending. Career-ending injuries. <laughs> they're not hip, it, necrotic I mean, hip injuries. Does he really have a career? Like oh oh I thought we were gonna be nice. Isn't Golvis just like a rich kid? Yeah. <laughs> like his old thing. He has a submarine, a jet, yeah, and he exactly. has a spaceship. He's mm-hmm. he's from like one of the richest families in La- in I don't, Lithuania, Latvia, Latvia. Right? I believe it's Latvia, yeah. but uh, you know we're just gonna say that because. Oh, but I, I also I like being right on my own accord. <laughs> well, y- y- that's fine, but I, think that <laughs> I was I was looking at it so. So Rafa is from Manicor, right? Yep. And Manicor has a population of 40,000. Mm-hmm. I think it's in actually in Rafa's own book where he says that the, the area that he's from has 35,000 people. Okay. So Pal- Palma is the capital of Mallorca, and that's where the majority of the population is located around the area. Mm-hmm. Rafa actually is from a very rural part of Oh, so everybody really does know who he is. Yeah, everybody no, knows no, who he is. If he was a pizza boy. He's a local boy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> pizza boy. <laughs> Delivering on his Vespa. Yes, exactly. Because that's what you get in Europe. You get Vespas. Yeah, you, Vespas or Yamaha Loves. That's another one. I used to ride a Yamaha Love I'm in Beirut mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Back around in the day. Way back. Mm-hmm. 20, Professor Tad. 15 years ago. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. We did We did a whole podcast. I did, I did. I did. I did ride one around. It's yeah. true. That's a true story. I wasn't a, you know the alternative dimension of a professional tennis player or anything. <laughs> yeah, Maybe you, I still am. You weren't playing the, um, you weren't playing, what is it, the uh, little hypothetical game yeah, you were playing exactly. yesterday. No, what if we took the most successful players and just, what would they do normally? Yeah. <laughs> Tad Tad in his, uh, would actually be well, a professional took, tennis player. Yeah, yeah I, would be, I would be where Rafa is now. Yeah, we're, we're living your, uh, your perfect <laughs> life right now, right? Exactly. <laughs> this is the best you could hope for if you're not going to be a professional tennis player. It is. I, sm- smart, uh, happy. That's smart. <laughs> smart and happy. Uh, not scared of everything. Yeah, not lightning. But um fishing. Exactly. Even though he loves fishing. He I, loves I imagine there's fishing. fears there. Fears. I don't think that he ever actually re- takes that yacht off the dock. That's the thing. Mhm. It's too much the ocean's too big. Dude. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't know where he'll end up. <laughs> and then nobody will know who he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now live I, the alternate alternate reality. Yeah. Um Sitsibas is playing tonight. That's yeah. going to be interesting to see because yeah, we have Troiki. the yeah, we have the uh, bottom half of the draw going on tonight, and the, the, the that's probably one of the most interesting matches. I mean, Roger's going to be interesting too because actually, now that I'm going down and looking at it, Roger's going to be interesting because it's always fun to see how he plays and whether or not he's going to be in form this year. I think there are some serious questions this year, by the way, for Roger. For Roger, um, this uh, in my mind, and again, I'm biased, but. Uh, I think we're starting to see the chinks. I think that um, it, it's possible we could start seeing him struggle. Not maybe this early on, but uh, maybe in the quarters, maybe the fourth round. Also, if he starts playing these younger players or whoever's, especially the Zverevs, the that next gen, um, it's possible that we could start see and see some cracks in the armor that has been the consistent stalwart beast that is Roger for so many years. 
He's against Dan Evans. Mm-hmm. It's Dan Evans, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's he's my in my mind, he's the most consistent player to ever play. Just a consistent basis as in always there. He Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, also, I like he has some like we mentioned yesterday, some ridiculous records. I was reading about one of his and this is obviously a dubious statistic of which there are a lot in tennis. Mm-hmm. He he went like 105 points without hitting an unforced error or something like that at one yeah. point in his career, which is even even anything close to that, even hitting yeah. 105 points with 10 unforced errors. Yeah, is incredible. Is incredible. But yeah. if if it is true that he hit no unforced errors, that's pretty amazing. That's incredible. That is incredible. R- Rafa has gone an equal length yeah. rafa apparently went um two sets before in a professional match without hitting any unforced errors which is mm-hmm. pretty ridiculous the one thing with unforced errors though is they kind of are an inflated are yeah of, of which is why team. it's a dubious statistic the yeah. unforced error mm-hmm. what what is forced what is unforced it's basically yeah. up to a person's because i mean honestly in this match like the dominic and benoit pair match that uh, to harken back to it uh you might you could have almost considered most of those forced errors <laughs> maybe i yeah. i think that it's different because both of these guys are like like essentially shot makers and yeah. they're trying they're there's they they have a lot of time to set up for their shots so it's easy yeah. easier to determine but the ones that are kind of in my mind of them talking about is when they really just crack it up the middle yeah and then uh so since they're hitting a lot deeper and they're trying to hit more winners if you crack it up the middle with m- less margin right at the person yeah. and they have to really work to get that back in play i it it's, it can be difficult when you have a ball coming at that pace at you to then generate the spin to get it to drop back in the that court. W- that would definitely be forced yeah but as is the case in, case in a lot of these shots i think that as soon as you're hitting wide it looks a lot more like an unforced error yeah um and they were probably I again I didn't watch the whole match so if maybe you're hitting, overstepping a little bit but if uh, you're hitting wide and long yeah it's probably an unforced error yeah that, no they that, like that, 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 those are my heuristics for figuring <laughs> out what unforced errors are you probably hit an unforced error yeah as as Tad just schools me on but on this the, on the match <laughs> <laughs> no even it, I'm not safe it, it you're not you're not safe <laughs> either no no one's safe I think that the the thing that makes it really hard to call and you could have like a very philosophical podcast length debate about what is forced and unforced you really could in tennis but and get all these statistics statistics involved into it except mm-hmm. it's it's pretty easy to to tell yeah it's a really interesting determine. mix of things that are objective in tennis because yeah. there, there are some things that are very objective because it, just the nature of the sport yeah um there, there's not a lot of so in in basketball there's kind of this room in, for subjectivity in the rules a little bit for some rules, not all of them, uh, because you have the player with the ball and they kind of move a certain way. In tennis, it's all reactive. You don't have a player that is in control of the ball unless it's a serve, right? So otherwise, you're reacting to the shot your opponent hits, and then you're trying to do your own thing. So within that, um, objectively, it's really, is it in or is it out? And then from there, you kind of have this whole type of subjective, okay, well, was it forced? Was it unforced? Um, I don't really know. He was kind of stretched out. It, it, there's this whole type of conundrum there. So it's it's, it's yeah. definitely a hard statistic to really get. It at. is. And then, like, not to make it more complicated, but as soon as you start to say, well, that was a forced error, then you're wondering to yourself, did the player who played against them actually intend to hit it where they hit it to? Yeah. And, 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 and like... And then you have to get into yeah. you know, a lot of other very, very m- m- multi-syllabic words that are going to be uh, 
a little not very interesting but interesting interesting in theory like what, yeah. what exactly is an unforced or forced error is something yeah. that that i've always we might have to sit down physically about we might have to sit down and do just an hour or so of what is a forced or unforced <laughs> error <laughs> yeah i would be totally down for that mm-hmm. and i'll do research too yeah you'll you'll probably end up doing more research than me yeah because yeah, i just i I walk in with just bolstered confidence of exactly. my own, and then I just kind of go off the rails. I will say, how can we incorporate um, philo- calculus into this equation? And, <laughs> and then we'll get into Leibniz and different things like that. <laughs> and maybe you'll figure out a way to actually pin this down. And, Semiotics. Yeah. And see if, if, if we're actually thinking about the same definition. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> All right. Well, what are we in- looking forward to? Tonight. What am I looking forward to tonight? Yeah. I actually have them up right now because I was I was actually going to transition to that. Thank yeah. you for carrying that over for me. You're uh, the one match that I'm looking forward to, and this is not necessarily because of both players, uh, but um, Thomas Burdich versus Robin Hassa. And the reason I'm looking forward to that is, first off, in my mind, Robin Hassa is the first player that comes to mind when I think of a five set match at the U.S. Open. So mm-hmm. I remember watching that years ago. I think I've talked about this. Yeah. But he, I think, was playing Jill Simone, and just they went to this five-set war, and that was really when I think of grueling five-set matches, that's what comes to mind. And he's he's kind of known for that. He's played some long matches. He's also had some, uh, he's also had some uh, interesting matches over in, uh, Ugh. <laughs> he's all in, in the Netherlands, right? I can understand why you are not excited about that for the players but are excited yeah. about it for the sake of the match yeah i i'm curious to see how thomas burdich does i think this is actually yeah. a good test i think this is a good test uh his first round match he played uh he played kyle edmund which is a we say it's an upset because of the ranking but burdich in top form at his top form he was a top 10 player yeah he's he's or definitely top 15 at least and edmund is also injured right now so yeah. edmund's got some kind of injury i'm not it, exactly sure what the it score is. line kind of shows that because it was a three oh and six yeah so, and it was a straight set victory but i'm curious to see um just if burdich can really hunker down and go through the assault that is not not assault but um this the wall and the versatility yeah of hasa too yeah. hasa is a vers- ver- definitely versatile player yeah and these are the matches that are important i, I like it he might not be a ranked player and in, in, or a seeded player in the name of the tournament, like yeah. as the tournament's concerned. But these are important to really. Can you get through these players? Is he really back to form? Where when it comes to the players that are almost, you can kind of bunch them all together because they're yeah. not they're not sticking out in the top twenty or anything. Can you be consistent and get past those players? That's kind of what I want to see because I he played well in the first couple matches of the of the uh, the warmups. Yeah, and Burgess is always someone that I'm not. Uh, I'm not the uh, biggest fan of Burdich. I, I've always been kind of neutral for him, but he's just—he's a really good player too. He is. He's mm-hmm. not. He's not the most. I—I I don't know. He's. I think he's. He's had some pretty phenomenal matches on grass. Yeah. But I'm. I don't know how how well I expect him to do after this match against. Um, yeah. I, what is? It, who is he playing tonight? He's, he's playing, playing Hasa. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Against Hasa. I don't know. I don't have a call for that. I don't know if it'll go to five, though. I think no, I, no, think I don't actually, think it's going to go to five. I think Burdish is actually going to win. Going to cruise it, or four. yeah. I think he'll cruise. I, I, I honestly think that he's kind of in form again. Yeah, and he's one of those players too. We were talking about Dimitrov yesterday, yeah. where that's one of those players that had some really good successes and never, never culminated. Milos Raonic. All those players are kind of in the same Sanga. basket. Sanga is another one of those, and early on, we've got some good matches for them. So yeah. I hope I hope to see how that goes. That's one that I'm going to be keeping my eye out for. Chilich, 
Chilich is playing. playing. Who's he playing? I think uh, Mackie McDonald. Mm-hmm. That should be interesting. I'm actually uh, I'm more interested because uh, we have actually another American playing. Uh, I'm actually more interested in Kevin Anderson, Francis Tiafo. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say Kevin Anderson, Francis Tiafo. I think that the Chilich match is interesting uh, against McDonald, but um, I kind of anticipate Chilich going through that and. He does really well in the hard courts, I think. I think it suits his game. And he seems to do pretty well in the early rounds. And <laughs> classic. He seems to do well in the uh, early rounds, uh, especially at these tournaments. And then I think when the moment sometimes hits him, as Tad gets a call from somebody he doesn't know. <laughs> that was uh, that was super professional. Oh, my gosh. Is that why we're not getting our press passes? Or is it because we're just no players? Safe? No, no, no. That, that, that was... I don't know what that was, actually. It's still <laughs> ringing. I, I eventually, I'll find out who it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can do, do a, some digging. A, a plug for Trap Call now. Trap Call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My no. apologies. A- actually, that wasn't my phone that was ringing. That was my laptop that was ringing. But they're all connected. You got to right? silence everything now. Yeah. Oh Nowadays. Yeah. But um, to finish up with um, with that uh, Anderson Tiafo match, and uh, oh, chill it real quick. Um, he seems to do well, and then when the moment hits him, it's almost as if when when the big moments, the, those the the finals, the, the, the finals, yeah, yeah. He's he he gets to finals and he he cannot deliver, but he's always just on the edge of winning a final. Yeah, and it's like, mm-hmm. and he I think he's had bad luck too. I think that if he were Stan Warinka, he would be in the, the, the position and have. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think he's a worse player. In other words, yeah, I think that he like he's just he always ends up being like against Roger or Novak in a final. And what are you gonna do? Yeah, nothing. their record in finals is ridiculous. The only time they lose is to each other. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's not much you can do there. But this, um, this Fritz or no, uh, sorry, Fritz is actually playing Gail Monfils, which is also another interesting. That's match. gonna be a fun one. Um, so actually, let's since both of them are American, um, we've got Kevin Anderson, Francis Tiafo, and then Taylor Fritz versus Gail Monfils and Chilich against Mackie McDonald. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. The I I really do see with that Gail Monfils match and Taylor Fritz. I know you're a big fan. Um, if he, that is an opportunity for Fritz. Fritz the thing is, Fritz. I, I mentioned it yesterday too. Fritz actually usually goes. He went deeper at the U.S. Open, I think, than mm-hmm. Ver- and he was Zverev having has, a yeah. really good performance at Wimbledon, also. Yeah, and and at Wimbledon, he did, he did pretty well. He lost in five, but he lost. Dominic. Yeah, yeah, which was which was a great mm-hmm. match. Um, it almost seems like he he's knocking on the door and needs that breakout win, that upset. You know, definitely. But I don't think it's going to come to Gael Monfils. I don't think it's big big enough of an upset to really. Yeah, be I that. think. Uh, well, I was comparing it to the Anderson Tiafoe match. Yeah. I think that he is more likely. If we were to see an American go through out of all these guys, I think Taylor Fritz, Fritz. Is, is the player who would get through. Anderson is just way too sound. He he's is like as I'm watching him more and more, he is actually very consistent. And yeah, I think his game is is much better. Then, um, then ju- he's not just a big man's game. He can actually do a lot of things, and, and he does hit bigger because he is bigger. But uh, he actually does a lot of things really well, and I think he's going to just be too solid for Francis. I, I think so too. In Fran- a three set match, I think that's or five set match. Sorry, Francis. He kind of ha- there's a tide when he's playing. You know, he he um he he loves the crowd too. He he really feads off that, especially at the US Open. You've seen that. Oh uh, yeah. He he definitely he definitely does like a crowd, but he's kind of like Rafa's hair, you know. Yeah, he comes in and out. He comes in. <laughs> Depends how much you can get to the doctors. Yeah, he uh, he's definitely not like someone who who is gonna who'd be a favorite, like a 
dark horse favorite to win. And yeah. I was totally wrong about Curios, obviously. However, Curios did play um, Roundich yesterday, and Roundich played really well. Mm-hmm. So Curios is out, unfortunately. Yeah. But very unfortunate. Tiafo, yeah. Tiafo, I don't think Tiafo is going to beat Kevin Anderson. I don't think I think, so. that, I think he's capable of beating him. That's no, the thing. Like that is actually a very good point because. I've uh, I've watched him play, and he is extremely talented, so good, very athletic, and he, he really can do it all. And it's we'll see if he can keep up the consistency throughout a whole five set match against another player. But actually, now that I'm going it more in my mind, I don't know if there if there was to be an upset, I, I could see an avenue to where um, everything comes well, together for Francis. It's kind of my trademark to uh, force people to be wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I don't I don't I'm not predicting that Tiafoe is going to win. Except I think that just in general, after he beat Juan Martin Del Potro, no. I think he's he's definitely someone who can who can take on really big players and yeah. and even challenge like the best players right now. Yeah. He's, and he's think, really good and he's in form. He's yeah. playing well. Mm-hmm. So there's those matches, and then. There's actually two more matches in that I really kind of want to talk about, and then we can close it off for the day. Yeah, unless you have any that aren't the no, ones no, I'm talking I'm... about. But um, actually, the Tsitsipas versus Troitsky, you mentioned Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tsitsipas, uh, Troitsky's one of those players who went away for a little while. He had some yeah. he had some issues, sanction issues, and um, he was really at the top of his game for a while, and now it's kind of, we see glimpses of it, and... It just seems to me that he can't really get back to what he was at. I remember at Wimbledon he had these, he's had these tough matches. He had a five set match where he exploded at the crowd in yeah. classic Troitsky fashion, and he's the one who grabbed the camera and put it on the ball mark. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a he's a character. He and, um, um he's gonna be interesting. Tsitsipas is still kind of younger, but I, I do see him just kind of cruising through this. You think match. so? Uh, this is one of those ones where I think it's, uh, we've said this before in tennis, where I could see Troitsky getting the upset in a, in a pretty tight battle or, or Tsitsipas cruises. I could see Maybe. That. I think that this is, this is more likely of, obviously it's more likely of an upset if you would even call it that than Anderson Tiafo or, you know, like Alba beating Verdasco. I might be. The ultimate upset today would be if Evans beats Roger. That would be the biggest upset. I, I, that would be the biggest upset in the history of upsets. <laughs> um, actually, no, I might be wrong. I might rescind everything I just said about because uh, I'm looking at these other matches. Tsitsipas versus Troitsky might be the the uh, in my pick for you've convinced me. Yeah, change my mind. That might be the one that that could be the upset. Um, that's actually closer than I think. Now that I like, after I have boldly I- went out and just. I don't think that CC, I think that I think like I think about it a lot. If a player is on a hot streak, yeah, do you do you go for all in. or against them? Do you go all because in and commit to how it? How likely is it that they're going to keep that form? Mm-hmm. You know, at some point it has to break. Yeah, that's and true. With Tsitsipas, I don't know. Like, if he if he were to keep his form for another month or month yeah. and a half, he would win a slam. That's yeah. basically, and I don't see that happening yet. So yeah, it's. Too much too soon, maybe. No, not too much in the name of Victor Troitsky, but yeah, going in general, that deep in a tournament. It's, and... it's not about can he beat him. This is different than the Tiafa thing. It's not about can um, can Tsitsipas beat. It's can he Troitsky. keep up his form? He, and I think last year, right near the end of the year, he had a couple matches where um, he struggled a little bit. 
there was a couple mm-hmm. tournaments where he, he had a really good he played really well at uh the French, right? Yeah. And then I think there was a couple dips there. Yeah. Well, what where did he break out Rogers Cup, right? Did he, he win Rogers Cup? You might yeah, look it up real quick. Yeah. But um yeah, it would be fascinating cuz then he would have um he would either play, I believe, let me see. This is almost impossible to navigate on my phone. But he would uh play he would have a really nice next round. Uh, he would possibly play Basilashvili or um, uh, Trav. Uh, Trav, you you explain that to me. What? What? How do I pronounce this? Tra- Cultured. Travaglia. Travaglia. Yeah. I'm gonna go with that because that sounds way better than what was ever coming up in my head. No, he lost to Rafa. Okay. In Rogers Cup. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that was in the final. Yeah. And so it was Steve a. Also was- yeah, it was actually that was that match where Rafa had that moment where he collapsed. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Tsitsipas pushed him pretty hard in the second set, but mm-hmm. Rafa doesn't really. There's not a lot of room to push him. All right, are we ready to close it out? I, I was ready just, to close it let out. Me, let me let me let me do a, a quick quick scan. Look, look over this to see what we missed. I actually think uh, we we didn't miss anything. We actually went very thoroughly. Yeah, we we yeah. hit all the big matches. It was pretty professional, and we roasted everybody that we, we could. roasted everyone. And guess what? This match is at four all, forty forty deuce. Yeah, four all deuce. And the whole time that we were recording, and the whole time in the first set, mm-hmm. almost an hour. Oh my god, forty five minutes. So uh, that's pretty incredible. All right, guys, enjoy your matches. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm looking. At, yeah. Oh my gosh. Of course. Of course. Yeah, of course gonna I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be up all night. I, I'm sleep deprived already. Yeah. I'd be. I'd be worried if you weren't. You're just sitting down here recording with me. Uh, <laughs> I. I just like talking tennis with Lucas, but uh, I don't actually know anything. I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you again. All right. Enjoy your matches. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>